You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating with Rachel Heinemann. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and certified eating disorder specialist. On this weekly podcast, we talk about all things psychoanalysis and eating disorder recovery. It's a combination of interviews with experts in psychoanalysis and eating disorders and some solo episodes where it will just be the two of us. The goal of the podcast is to help you try to understand a little bit more about yourself, gain a deeper understanding for why you do the things you do, and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. Hey, 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 episode 81. I actually already recorded this episode one and a half times. I didn't have time to finish everything I had to say once, so I just ended it. And then I recorded the entire thing. (laughs) Guess what? My audio wasn't connected. And so I was basically talking to myself. You know when you're on the phone with somebody and something gets disconnected, but you just don't realize and you're talking and talking and talking and then you're talking to yourself? So I did that for an entire episode, which I'm pretty sad about because I think it came out so good, obviously. Now we'll never know. Either way, I'm so glad for you to be here with me this time around because we're talking about emotional eating. And this is the kind of thing that we talk about all the time. People come in and they say, I have this problem. I have an emotional eating problem, emotional overeating problem. And I'm going to talk about it from a different couple of different perspectives, like what are things, practical things to do? ways I understand it that might be different from other people, and obviously how we can go deeper with all of it, because you know that's my MO. But before I, I jump into even some of the practical information, what I'm asking from you is in this episode, if there's something that resonates with you, if there's something that pisses you off, if there's something that you just like to continue the conversation, do that. Send the episode to your friends, talk it out with your people. Let me know what your thoughts are. Because the whole point of this podcast is yes, to learn more information, but to start the conversation, start the conversations that are hard to have. And let's get some of this out. Let's just start talking. All right. So the first thing that I have to say about emotional eating or emotional overeating is that this is entirely my opinion. It is not exactly a bad thing because eating inherently is emotional. So when we talk about eating disorders and the fact that our emotional experience is completely intertwined with our relationship with food and we can't tease it apart and it sort of gets kind of dysfunctional. Yeah, that's an eating disorder, but the answer is not to completely disconnect our emotional experience from our eating because that's not possible as humans. The idea is mostly to organize it, to become aware of it, and that eating is not the only thing that we turn to when we're upset or really feeling anything. So it's not the only tool in our toolbox, in which case it just becomes a thing that we can use if we feel like it. Think about it this way. I mean, this is super cliche. When you break up with your boyfriend and you want to have a pint of ice cream, I don't know. I don't see that as a bad thing. Like if I had a terrible day and I want to sit down with some ice cream, okay, maybe I wouldn't sit down with the entire quart or pint of ice cream. I would portion it out and put it into a bowl first so that I don't feel completely chaotic in it. But food is inherently soothing. And you know that I've said this a million times, so sorry if I'm repeating myself too much, but think about a baby. A baby cries or is upset when they're hungry or when there's something else bothering them. And when they eat or when they have milk, that's the thing that's soothing, even if it's not coming from a place of hunger. And so the reason why I bring the baby example is because as humans, 
we turn to food for comfort and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, I can completely understand where somebody to come in and say, I have this problem of, of emotional eating that feels entirely chaotic. It is not something that they can control. It's not something that they want. It's not something that feels good. So that I can completely understand and wanting to work on not having that issue. But I do think that we have to have realistic expectations for what our eating will look like. We're never going to be robots. And if we try to make ourselves into one, sort of like what a lot of different diet programs or really a lot of programs, period, try to help people with, quote, emotional eating, emotional overeating, is to turn you into a robot, that's not so feasible and that's not even where we want you to be. So that's number one. The next piece of what I'm going to talk about is some practical things to keep in mind when we're in this mode of, oh my God, what's with the emotional eating? And we've all had those days, whether we have them still or it's in the past or whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. You're studying for a final if you're in school and you keep going back to the kitchen, back to the fridge, and it just over and over and over and over and over again. You're bored. You keep going back to the fridge. You're out with friends. There's tons of snacks around and you just keep sticking your hand in the bag. It is something that is entirely frustrating and you're like, what is going on? So the very first question that I would ask myself is, did you eat enough? And I know that this is so annoying because (laughs) we talk about this as like the first line of questioning for anybody engaging in any restrictive behaviors or binging. I mean, really any eating disorder behaviors. We talk about the question of, are you eating enough? And again, like not to beat a dead horse here, but it it is the most important question here because if our body is going for food and going for food and going for food, is it a physiological response to hunger? Whether that's an overall response to sort of a general undernourishment, sort of like over time months, or it could even be just today that you're hungry. You don't necessarily notice that you're hungry because the hunger signs aren't exactly glaring, but did you eat enough? Something to keep in mind to help you figure that answer out because you might not necessarily feel hunger today as you did yesterday, or you might not be in touch with your hunger cues just yet. When was the last time that you ate? If it was several hours ago, then chances are you might be hungry. So what I would say to that is if that's the case, then eat something substantial. So whether it's a snack or a full meal, Don't just like stick your hands in the chip bag and grab a handful and then grab a handful. Have a full snack. So let's just say your snack is chips and a fruit. Have the whole thing, not a little bit at a time. If you're just grazing on some fruit, put whatever it is in your bowl, your plate, your fruit and your cheese, the whole snack. If you're doing a meal, do the whole thing. And I think part of the question is, If you're gravitating toward the whole thing, then for sure you're hungry, but also gives you a little bit of a full stop. So am I actually in the mood to eat? Do I need to eat? Or is it just sort of something that I'm sticking in my mouth? So what I would say is whether or not the answer to the question of, did I eat enough? Am I hungry? When was the last time I ate? Whether or not that answer is that you actually are hungry, the thing to do in this situation is to sit down and have the entire full snack or meal. The next thing that I would say to do is if you've already done that and you know for sure that you're not hungry, for sure, emphasis on the for sure. Because I know, yeah, for sure, I'm not hungry. I'm just eating because I'm bored. I know, I know, I know. Even though that's the case, eat the snack, eat the meal, 
fine. Next is getaway. Not necessarily in a restrictive way, because I think that this would resonate with people in terms of what they're doing now. Oh, I don't want to be triggered by this fear food of mine. So I'm going to get out of the kitchen because I can't have it, but mostly because we want to make space between you and whatever's going on. This is a complete whirlwind, the sort of like getting stuck in the tornado of it. And what we want to do is be able to get back in touch with a little bit more of the logical side to you or the less impulsive side of you. So create distance, whether it's getting out of the house, just waiting 10 minutes, something is to create space between you and the quote, emotional eating. Now, obviously this is a a small snapshot of my understanding or my recommendations of what to do in this case, especially these long, boring days when we sort of just keep going back to the kitchen. If this is something that's a lot harder for you to do, then, you know, here's my plug. Go see a dietitian who specializes in some sort of intuitive eating or eating disorder to get a lot of this back on track. If it feels like this is not the kind of thing that you can do on your own, it's just something that you're struggling with all the time. Here's my favorite part. After we've established that emotional eating is not necessarily a bad thing and it's not unemotional eating is not exactly the goal. And we've established that you're not hungry and we made space between you and the kitchen, all that stuff. We did everything that I just said. Now's for the deep part. So very often when we gravitate toward food, not very often, all the time, we gravitate toward food because we're hungry. Now you might say, I'm not physically feeling hungry. So then you probably are feeling another type of hunger. And here's where the question, what am I hungry for comes in? What am I hungry for? And we can, uh, this might be semantics, but also might help you think about this a little differently in that we've talked about this. What am I hungry for over and over and over on the podcast? But let's swap it for a different way of asking the same question to help you jog your mind. What am I craving? Or what am I missing now in this moment or in my life in general? So in terms of the, what am I hungry for? What am I craving? What am I missing? And to add to that is, does it feel okay for me to feel hungry for this? Is it okay for me to miss this if I don't have it? Is it okay for me to crave it if I don't have it? And is there a way to get it without food? Now, obviously, this is a loaded question because even just figuring out what I'm craving is a really big deal. And then the judgment that we might feel or the shame that we might feel or even the resentment that we might feel because we don't have it, be it a relationship, finances, peace of mind, whatever it might be, that we for sure have all these thoughts and feelings about the fact that we don't have it, the fact that we're craving it. And so there's so many layers to this. Once we get out with understanding what it is and is it okay for me to feel this way? And if not, how do I feel about it? And how does this added shame, added judgment, added resentment sort of make this all something that I've pushed away that it doesn't seem okay for me to just sort of feel hungry for the relationship, feel hungry for the finances, feel hungry for the attention, for the respect, whatever it is. Because ultimately, the biggest question here is, is there a way to get this, whatever you're craving, whatever you're missing, without food? Because obviously, when we turn to food for a hunger that is not physical, it's never going to satisfy us. The only way to satisfy that non-physical hunger is to obviously identify what it is, but also to go look for it. Or at the very least, work toward an acceptance, you know, just a situation that you're not able to get this thing. Now, 
I know that this is so much easier said than done. And I'm just sort of like throwing some questions out there as food for thought for you. But this is sometimes takes years for people to understand or, or uncover. And maybe there are so many things that you're hungry for that you can do one at a time. But this is something I would encourage you to just start thinking, just start spacing out. Like if you would normally have something in your ears, <laughs> like right now, take them out, pause it and start to think on your walk or when you're in the shower, just start to think about these things, ponder them, I like to say, or journal on them or take it to your therapist or I don't know, talk it out with some people in your life if you feel comfortable. But I do think that without this last piece, we're never going to get to a place where we feel stable around our food. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. You'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.